Alright, how's it going everybody? Welcome to I Got Lucky with King's Eyes, who, if you can't tell by the intro, this is a very, it's, it's an oddly different episode. Honestly, I hadn't really planned anything in particular for today's episode. Um, then I began doing my various uni work that I was supposed to do this morning, and among those things is the fact that I'm supposed to watch documentaries with uh, relative frequency. Um, as the module I'm doing is called uh, Documentary and Photojournalism. I have actually a project coming up where I'm supposed to do a documentary, which I'll get more into that when we get to that further down the line when it comes to this show. Oh, just a second. Right, but so with that, um, one particular documentary sprung to my mind for me because I've been doing this thing. It's called uh, DDPY, which is Diamond Dallas Page Yoga. That's what the acronym stands for. Even though you are, you'll he'll break your leg if you say that it is DDP yoga. So shame on you, don't do that. But one of the first things he recommends to you when you begin the beginner's class of uh, his program is this thing that you're supposed to watch. It deals with uh, what you put in your system in terms of food. Like, uh, tells you to keep uh, a food like journal, what you're eating, what you're taking in, um, preferably. I would imagine also like writing down where the stuff came from and he recommends you a documentary. Now this one particular documentary I've been putting off and I've been, I've been looking for it here and there. Didn't really find a good source for it until this morning. The documentary in question is called Food Inc. And as I did state on Twitter, it is just the most flat out shocking and concerning thing that I've seen in 27 years on the planet. And that's not on account, because I've, se I've seen a lot of fucking batshit crazy things on the internet. By all means. Uh, not just on account that we've all been young once and we checked the whatever source for whatever weird thing we have going for us. Fuck off, phone. <clears throat> but, um, in line with that, I uh, you've heard me say on a couple of these episodes that I've done so far about how... Um, if you can't pronounce it, why the fuck are you putting it in your system? And I realized where that ethos came from for Dallas uh, when I watched this film. And I, I wrote down some notes here. Let me just bring out my notebook real quick. Right. So it was in particular the, the opening segment, more or less. Obviously, they explained a bit about, okay, um, a lot of what's happened with the food industry um, since it's um, uh, between when this, like, when they started Chronal making this chronological up until today. Um, a lot of it dealt with the McDonald brothers, which you will know because they're the chain McDonald's. They were um, educating their staff to do things a particular way and also making it so that all their food was uniform. It was created the same. It came from the same animals. And it, it was just generally, it was made so that universally, worldwide, it would be the same. And they are something like, they are the biggest um, purchaser of potatoes, one of the biggest when it comes to meat, um, all from the same places. And while that just in itself doesn't sound awful, um, I take into consideration exactly what the animals go through when they're on these farms. I'll explain this. I'd, I'd like you and I implore you to go to the link that I've provided in the description for this. I'm signal boosting this. I'm not... Um, sponsored or otherwise affiliated with the documentary. I just think it's a really important watch for whoever might be listening to this. 
you go to the link in the description, you click and you sit and you watch the entire one and a half hour thing and realize exactly what it is that they are doing to the food that you might think nothing of when you go grocery shopping here and there. Just like, oh, it's, you know, I'm getting some minced beef or I'm getting whatever the fuck, really, uh, worth of food that has been processed. Um, it went into um, particularly one of the first segments. I was about to start talking about this, but then I went into the McDonald's Brothers thing. But they went into a segment on chicken farmers. Chicken farmers, sorry. Where one of the big corporations for chicken in America, um, they had been going on like uh, field trips to various of these chicken farmers and told them, you don't get to speak to this camera crew. Like, no, you don't get to let them in to show. Like, you can speak to them. Can't let them into the building, though, to show them what's going on that's a red flag right there okay if if this is an honest business what is so troublesome with it and then there is one farmer that has a conscience and is willing to sacrifice this thing that she lives for um in order to um show in earnest what her business is all about and i have some fucking harrowing numbers to go with this too and i'll get into that in just a minute Right. So the the madam, I do not I do not have her name written down sadly, but you'll see her quite I- immediately. She's uh, one of the first talking heads that'll actually reveal something to you in the film. Um she goes in and she shows her um how her chicken farm operates. And it's essentially a big long building with open viewing all the way into the building where there is not a single spot on the floor where uh, where you can actually walk to. There is chickens everywhere, alive, not able to walk, or dead. They're all over the place. What are they walking around in? Obviously, they're their own excrement. Um, their feeding stations are little tubes that are plotted around. Um, easy access, because obviously, with the amount of shit that's in their food, they can't really walk. Uh, their their body isn't developed enough to um, be able to hold up the weight that they're currently carrying. Uh, which might sound weird, like, okay, how's that happen? Because obviously, the, the animals are eating growth hormones of various kinds. Um, and this, uh, th- their lifespan from top to bottom really there is 49 days from the day they come in as chicklings to the day they come out fully bred into a chicken that is not right on any level and bear in mind also this documentary came out in 2009 and i honestly i cannot tell you that i've ever seen a massive enough takedown on say that industry or anything else related to what i've seen in this documentary which is all the more concerning because things will have gotten worse i will also give you a number here so this uh this lady in particular she had um an open facility uh, or several open facilities that the people she was contractually obligated to deliver chicken to had demanded, oh, you gotta make this closed, like we, because then obviously you, the, I guess the the meat and or the food comes out differently if the thing is closed off. 
Um, she refused with that, and so her contract got um, got severed. Uh, but the the numbers in question here is that on average, with two of these big chicken farms, you will approximately have gotten into about half a million dollars of debt. Do you know what the annual wage is for a person that gets into this industry? Eighteen thousand dollars. That's eighteen thousand to their debt of five hundred thousand, and that's annual. That's not monthly, that's annual, that they earn 18 grand. And so with that, actually, with that wage, uh, in comparison to the debt, uh, think about this for a second, that's a lid, uh, just below 8, no, below 28 years that it'll take to pay off that debt of 500,000 to the company that's been loaning you this stuff. And even with that, they will demand that you expand, that you do developments because that fits their need according to the contract. Otherwise, they can terminate you and they can leave you flat with nothing except your debt. That's fucked. Jesus. Um, there was another number that came up a little bit later and it was relating to corn, which by the way, uh, fun fact here, you know the, the beef and the cows uh, of which the beef is harvested, um, they're usually supposed to be grass-fed because that's best for their stomachs and um, according to nature, they are not uh, built to really eat corn as their main form of sustenance. And so, hmm, that is, uh, they had a fellow and a cow. A pretty big cow, rather, uh, that was standing uh, isolated with four corners around it and with this massive tube uh, going into one of its bellies uh, in which you could just see how off-putting and concerning the guts of this animal really was, which is so, so... It, it was just kind of sad, the entire thing. You saw how they would handle the animals... Uh, throughout these industries that was just fucking concerning all of it uh, they delve more into the whole uh, corn industry and how effect the corn on just a, a base level can actually it can uh, it's involved in and it can be molded into all of these various things uh, that we consume on a daily basis that we otherwise we couldn't pinpoint I mean there there's this part in there where they mention all the various terms and or preservatives or shit of the sort that goes into our food that can be made from corn, which makes, which is why corn is, you know, so popular to harvest. It's a pun intended on my name, really. I've succeeded in world domination and I'm not even, it's not even me. It's corn. It's not even my goal, actually. Uh, and that's such a digression. What the fuck am I talking about? Oh. So corn went from a relatively useless plant until it went into food processing where it became just everything. Um, and in uh, something that they said, which was the FDA, you'll have to guess the, uh, the acronym for me because I don't have it here. Um, but they, they had some numbers too, that about uh, in 1972, they had about 50,000, approximately 50,000 investigations on various food items and the industry as a whole. 2006, three years before this documentary was finalized and put out, they had the accurate number of 9,164 
investigations. That's less than a fifth of the alleged amount from 30 years earlier. So not only is the food getting worse because we're putting the wrong stuff into it, but we also have uh, state apparatuses that don't look into it properly, whether this stuff is actually uh, uh, healthy for you, whether it's flat out dangerous for you. And a clear cut example of the lack of these investigations was the fact that there was this mother in, I believe it was Colorado, who uh, we meet her and her mother uh, going to a state representative uh, up in Colorado. They get five or 15 minutes to talk with her. And the point that the mother brings up, she brings up a little picture of what at the time was her two-year-old who had um, about six years earlier had consumed a burger from either it was Jack in the Box or McDonald's. It was one of these chains. And the kid had contracted E. coli from eating this one piece of a burger and no more than 12 days after contracting it the mother had had to suffer through seeing her kid slowly but ever so surely just perish couldn't couldn't provide sustenance for her child and just watch the her lovely little son Kevin die if that isn't a clear-cut enough example that we need investigations and we need things to be on par and that oh i don't know people's health and safety is taken into account when we're making food effectively what you're doing is either you're feeding them something that'll keep them uh it'll feed them for a day or you're feeding them something that'll feed them for a lifetime which is that and in realizing this i'm giving my personal opinion before i go any further into my notes here to think that I've consumed all of this stuff, not really thought much into it, but then I realize, oh fuck, all these preservatives, all these drugs, all this stuff that's been going into the burgers. They even went so far as to say, I don't even remember what it was called, like animolia? It was something to the sort of that, which is used to get rid of E. coli, but you still leave that drug on the meat that we then later consume. Meaning you're still getting preservatives and otherwise other unhealthy shit into your system that is, it's not meant to go in your body in any form or fashion. Yet we've willingly been consuming that for years and years. Ever since then, obviously, that the fast food industry blew up where everything had to be cooked in 10 minutes. Not even that. Oh, that's, oh shit, that's, that's a long wait. Sorry, about 30 seconds. Things have to be ready from the point where you draw your card to the point where you have the bag in hand, 30 seconds. Otherwise, you get impatient and you go somewhere else. But you do not go to the grocery store or the farmer's market to pick up something healthy to cook for yourself because obviously the fast food costs a tenth of what it costs at the supermarket. That's what subsidizing of corn and soybeans and stuff has done. Where they can keep the the tariffs and stuff because they're kept low and the companies are subsidized. All of the food, it's more beneficial for them to create the stuff that'll ultimately kill you rather than the stuff that'll keep you healthy. This It's not like that surprised me really, but just like why? And I, oh, I know why. It's capitalism is what it is. Capitalism would have it that it, we would much rather kill you and make a buck rather than we be poor and you eat healthy.
But that's exactly why we're also uh, the, the organic food is industry um, is you know up and on the rise and getting more popular than ever. That and also farmers markets. I can totally get behind why Jeremy Clarkson, who is you know the biggest petrol head in the world, JC Jesus Christ incarnate. No offense to Christians then, but he opened a farmers market uh, where it's locally made directly from his farm, sold in a shop by his just by his farm. And why wouldn't you go for something like that? That's fantastic. In every which way, because you can bet your ass he hasn't fucking filled his shit with preservatives to go for that little shed that he has for a store for all that stuff. Nah, there's there's none of that. And same with other farmers markets, even butchers. For the most part, you would argue, oh, they, they can source their animals locally and they can make sure that, oh, there's not all this other junk in the food that's not supposed to be there. That'll ultimately kill you. There was even, like... Uh, I was speaking of tariffs. Um, the United States isn't the only place that uh, harvests corn. There is also, obviously, uh, Mexico did that for a good long while, but because America's tar tariffs and the rates and the subsidizing on the corn that they were making, they put the entirety of Mexico more or less out of business. About one and a half million Mexicans lost their job because of the U.S.'s cheap corn. So what did the food industry then go and do? Oh, they started aggressively recruiting Mexicans illegally from just across the border, taking them by bus ride over to factories about 100 miles from their house, moving them over to live in little trailer parks. Um, illegal. Uh, not really helping them with papers or anything. They were just there, they were hidden, and then they were on bus rides to get to the factory where they worked uh, ridiculous hours because obviously they work cheaper than, say, a normal American worker would. And then there was parts in the documentary that then went, oh, you know, these people, they've been working there for like eight or ten years, and all of a sudden there's a police raid on their door because they're there illegally. And the company that they're working illegally for is still earning billions off of selling you shit. Selling you, essentially, you could pick up your dog's droppings on the sidewalk and you'd be more, you'd be better off almost eating that shit. That is a disturbing thing for me to think about. <laughs> I do not think that this is as big and as problematic uh, in Norway, uh, where I'm from. I believe it's, it's well-sourced and it has... They, they have a lot more assurances than I believe you can find in various other markets. But over here uh, in the UK, or uh, most of all, obviously, the United States, it's completely ridiculous when you have things like... There was this piece on a family that um, the, the father had diabetes. Um, he has his wife and he has two kids. Uh, where apparently the youngest of the kids was also uh, knocking on the door of diabetes. Uh, and he said that he had a very strong type of diabetes, which meant that he had to take two kinds of pills um, on a daily basis, both of which were uh, in the hundreds of dollars each, which then took a big chunk out of their paycheck. Meaning, because he is ill, they couldn't actually afford to go to the grocer and pay for, say, broccoli or onion or potatoes or all this other stuff but they could go and get the dollar menu. And that's how they would feed their kids. Feeding their kids the dog shit. Because that's as good as it can get. When 
you are working on the bare minimum and possibly even below that and you're supposed to sustain a family the conscience on that guy i can't imagine how that must feel as a parent to know that the best you can do for these kids that you have born and bred uh, and part of the breeding of that you are feeding them effectively the things that are food but not healthy in the slightest and shouldn't enter a, a human body at the slightest I'm, I'm borderline throwing up in my mouth it's just the, the thought of this uh, for one uh, I don't think it'll be a sweeping declaration I'm, th I'm, I'm no saint but I will say that I think I've sworn off of McDonald's in particular uh, more than likely other fast food things too uh, yeah, I, I I will say that I'll, I'll try and uphold to that. Uh, I did. But the, uh, one key point that they kept hashing, um, that they kept rehashing in this, was the fact that we as consumers are the ones that vote what we want. And in throwing, chucking billions per year at chains like a McDonald's or Burger King or KFC or a whatever else. I don't mean to name drop any. Actually, I do. Fuck you all. Because people are going to you. They are buying from you because you're cheap. You, they f you fill them up with your hot garbage. And then you carry on your merry, merry way with your fucking weird shenanigans of illegal immigrants to work your lines. Teaching people... Uh, one skill or another, leaving them with no benefits. They are the ones that get fucked on the way out, whilst the company, Ronald McDonald and his fucking brother, no, wait, that's the mascot, my bad, the McDonald brothers, at their time, and now whoever's the head of that fucking company, they're still in the billions. They're well off anyway. <laughs> Just imagine... There was one one cool stance in all of this, and it was the fact that Walmart had gone in and they had, um, uh, you know, they had managed to get a lot of the um, a lot of organic things, locally grown, and otherwise very safely kept. <laughs> uh, various goods, being yogurt and other things of the sort, that was like number three biggest in in the the United States. And and otherwise, just organic stuff that you could tell was, it's more healthy, it's got less preservatives. Okay, it might not stay in your fridge for as long, but why should it? It's healthy food. Healthy food you get, you consume, done. Unhealthy food you eat, it stays in your system for way longer than it should. It, it can, I think there was even a line in there that says about how that alters your physiology and your makeup to a point where like uh, what even even the woman that i mentioned about the chicken farming and stuff this is a massive rant and i'm terribly sorry but this just it made me extremely passionate in a very short amount of time about how i'd much rather go to a local farmer's market and go to a butcher to get my stuff rather than going down to the store about three minutes from where i live to get stuff just on account that uh, then I have some more control about the shit that I'm putting in my system to make sure that for example I don't feed my fiance something that'll ultimately 
make her asthma worse, it'll fuck her up for life and potentially kill her, just because somebody in the world is preaching capitalism and would much rather make a buck than to see little two-year-old Kevin live another day, or to see anybody actually eating healthy and having a product that they can be proud of. There were clear-cut and great examples throughout the documentary. You had a farmer who he had sworn off and he'd refuse to get any bigger. He had kept to one store on his farm where everything was locally sourced, they were fed on grass, they were done, done up proper in every which way. Proud man selling product and having the wits about him whilst going at it. That... I mean, even the parts of this, when when I saw, like, how chickens were treated in the factories, and then I saw how this guy was treating his cows, or he was treating his chickens or his pigs, I immediately, I thought, well, fuck, now I gotta get successful, now I gotta get successful enough that I can buy a farm on which I can have animals that I can then make doubly sure that they eat right so that I can later eat right, uh, or you know, growing my own corn or growing my own garden, which they also recommend at the end of this documentary. Again, if it, is, if it wasn't clear enough at the beginning, I highly suggest you go to the link uh, that'll be in the description of this podcast. Uh, otherwise, you will also be able to find it on kingsize.life slash blog for the time being. I'm hoping to get it up on the new Sigil Saga, which, sidebar, Last week I called it Sigil Bravo, then that dawned on me with my heritage and where I'm from that Sigil Saga is a much better name than Bravo, so it changed. And then our lovely commissions designer, Schmurp, which you should check out on kingsize.life slash commissions, he did, out of the kindness of his heart, he did complete and full branding for this, which is my mock streaming service for all sorts of weird content that I might put up, or that I might share from others and not put advertising on. What? <coughs> So check him out. Uh, and that was my sidebar ended. Now I'm... Uh, yeah, back to the farm thing. Um, they even recommend how you should like do your own garden and stuff of the sort. Uh, to grow, say, like your own vegetables, your own herbs. All sorts of stuff like that. I All of a sudden, I, I understood more why a lot of the neighborhood I'm in is structured the way it is. Where I can find like little chicken coops here and there. People grow their own little gardens. Stuff like that, just so they they have some uh, some control of what exactly it is that they're putting in their system, and I respect that just even more now. Rather than oh, wh why are they keeping chickens like right here in the middle of this neighborhood up down a hill? What? Or why why is there like why do I see all of these little gardens everywhere? The UK, in that sense. I think they got the memo uh, a lot earlier than, what's, say, what Norway did, where we've been pretty good about it anyway, I'm going to assume. I haven't checked or been too careful about it in Norway either, go figure, because there we have a lot more assurances in terms of the Enjoy Norway branding, we have the fair trades, we have all sorts of insurance policies that the food we've got on our table is safe and it's impeccable. The UK less so. And so I totally understand much more why people are growing their, or their own gardens and shit. And that, that's just all the more respect. And whatever house I may end up in, I might, uh, hmm, I'm definitely going to look into that. Just on account that over here, apparently you can't trust shit in terms of food. Oh, you can definitely trust that your food will be shit. 
on account of a lot, except the, the wonderful little farmer's markets and, and the butchers and people that can locally source and craft the food themselves. That's what we should be going for. That's the ones that we should put uh, money towards rather than necessarily the grocery store. They're convenient for a lot of things, but apparently they're also convenient for a lot of ways to eat unhealthy um, and to just live a miserable existence because you're feeding yourself shit that will ultimately make sure that you look a very different shape than how you came out your mama. You will function on a very different level. And your head, your headspace will operate on a very different level because you're filling your head, you're filling your system with shit. Therefore, your head will work like shit and therefore you will feel like shit. There is a circle to this that I'm hoping people are realizing as I'm speaking at this. And again, I'm gonna, I don't think I'll be ranting and raving too much more on this this week. I'm sure it'll come up at some point otherwise. But please go right ahead and check out the Food Inc. documentary on the link that has been provided. Be afraid is not the phrase that I'm gonna put out there because I don't wanna cause a panic. But I will say, it's something to be very, very mindful of. Next time that you, you know, you would much rather opt to go for something that's made for you by someone else rather than taking the sec- the extra 15, 20 minutes to cook stuff by yourself at home. You invest a lot better in getting utensils and kit to make food from the bottom up at home than you do just er, eating cheap for a lunch or going takeouts or going for any given type of fast food on a regular basis. I'm a sucker for that too, I'm not going to lie, by any stretch. And I'm no saint. I will harp, harp on that for a good long while still. No saint at all. But now, at the very least, just like with the BLM thing that I've neglected to mention here, um, happy Black History Month. Shame on me for not bringing it up earlier. I'm no saint. But at the very least now, I'm educating myself and realizing that I'd, I'd rather not have that stuff in my system. Much like I would rather not have racism be part of life. Very much on the same level, I'm realizing. Where there are corrupt motherfuckers, probably right-wing ones, sitting at the top, they're earning billions, being cynical as shit, not giving a fuck, just like the Tories, who now also had the balls to go ahead and deny kids their free meal during, like, during school. Just flat out denied it. I saw Adam Pachiti of Cultaholic, he went ahead and he said that, uh, just your daily reminder that the Tories don't give a fuck about your life or your families. It's, it's just crystal clear. People at the top don't give a fuck what you think. They don't give a fuck about you or your health, so long as you can come to work and you can do your thing. For them, so they can earn more. And they can buy a pair, another pair of fake tits for their fake wife back at home. Or, I don't know, a new purse for their boyfriend. It's, it's disappointing. It's, it's disappointing that... Uh, people have so little moral backbone and give so li- has so little concern for what's fed to the generation because 
ultimately, and you don't know this, I don't think science can prove it, but we, with feeding people like shit, they'll think like shit. And why do you think we've been breeding cynicism for as long as we have? Like, you're, you're killing democracy off of feeding people shit. Whether that be verbalizing it or putting it on their plate. That's all crystal clear to me, and I've just watched a documentary of about one and a half hours, and I'm passionately frustrated about this issue, just from that one thing. I need to breathe. I've been eating like shit and not moving for a little while, except I've been going for walks and stuff, so that's that's been alright. And I have a DDPY session coming up right after I've finished recording this and been putting it up. I would thank you sincerely for listening. Uh, again, I highly, highly encourage go to kingseyes.life slash blog to find the link for this documentary. Otherwise, go to the link in the description of this podcast. Go check it out. Sit down. Focus in on it. Do notes just like I did. I didn't intend, really, to do an episode of uh, I Got Lucky on just this one subject this week until I sat down and I actually watched it. That is important to me this week. Along with that, obviously, and I didn't mention it at the beginning of the, the program, I probably should have, and it is obviously how uh, myself and the rest of Sigil Arts uh, do stand with Black Lives Matter. Um, we are passionately involved in that, and we're learning new stuff every day by going to pages such as blacklivesmatter.com, or very apropos this month, you have the, uh, the, the whatchamacallit, it's the Black History Month which there are complete websites that are dedicated to that stuff. It's uh, blackhistorymonth.org.uk has a smandering of stuff, be it little documentary pieces, be it employment, be it various other pieces that you can read up uh, as relates to black history. And I'd highly encourage that you all go and do because BLM is such a hot issue these days that I even like, at the, at almost at the mere mention of it earlier today, I had a... Uh, hmm. <laughs> Uh, an argument of passion with uh, somebody on the team, not mentioning who, but you know who you are and bless you for it. Uh, it's it's about time that we became more educated on these things, be it on food, be it on how equality should speak its own case, uh, but it can't, so now we have to, how the whatever person, whatever they're packing or whatever they identify as, Whoever you love doesn't make you lesser. You are equal on every plane, just as much there as you are in anything else. These are mentalities that we need to have. This is not something that we should have been taught or something that we should need to fight as less causes of passion. This is stuff that is common fucking sense. This rant has devolved into a, a much bigger social problems and issues that needs more vocalizing and quite frankly i'm much more tempted now actually to take this microphone that i'm sitting with here recording igl uh taking it down in the living room and just putting it on the table and clicking record and just opening up this brand new show that we have it's called just chatting shit and just dedicating that to things like this i'm very tempted to do so i'm uh, in listening to this uh, I'll discuss more with the the other folks that would be interested in joining on that. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to my rant this week. I'm sorry there wasn't the structured and normal episode you were, you'd be used to. 
but that's that's when passion strikes in folks this we, we we can't just lay dormant on it anymore because it's affecting us on a daily basis and it's it's important we learn and we have also also this will be next week's episode because we're coming up on it it's election coming up if there ever was a time to get educated on anything and realize how polar opposites the candidates over in the united states are currently now's the time go vote do it by mail-in or register to vote. Go do that, please. I encourage you. We don't want to see the mockery that has been made of the United States for another four years. It'll be beyond detrimental to just about any standing that the U.S. has in the world. Uh, and to like, do you real? Do you really want to be identified as the laughingstock of the world? Like even I, I live with UK citizens and they're disgusted and they are so saddened by the government and the, the mascots outward that they have in say a Boris Johnson and his fucking Tories and all this shit. Uh, don't be a laughing stock for another four years. Like be better. And you, you know exactly which candidate to vote for then. Not the motherfucker with the red hats that at this point are just like the red little band that the Nazis had on their arm back in the day. There's even an ideolo- like an ideology that's surrounding this at this point. Uh, I'm not going to go further into it. I've offended enough Trumpists, so I'm sure if I get one-star reviews off of this episode, it's either off of top people in the food industry or it is off of uh, Trump supporters. Either way, quite frankly, fuck you both. The rest of you, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this very ranty, quite passionate episode of I Got Lucky. I'm not going to guarantee that this is going to be a routine thing, but don't be surprised if there is another passionate rant uh, coming as a curveball later. Uh, You can find us now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You'll find us on Amazon Music, Deezer. Uh, we will be found on quite shortly. Player.fm, you have a radio public, I believe, we're available on. Or otherwise, you can obviously find us on kingsize.life, where you'll also find a selection of shows, such as, obviously, and finally, which has been taken the world, and particularly India, by storm recently. That goes out on Wednesdays. It's with Say Invader. You have... You Have Failed with Say Invader, which goes out on Tuesdays. You have Storm Connect with Edo Ninja, which currently is on hiatus, but there's a lot of great content for you to consume. There is a brand new episode of Dark Matters with Glitter coming up quite shortly. Uh, I'll be editing that throughout the weekend, and it'll be up on Monday, where myself, Glitter, and Say Invader, we discuss a, a, a very interesting topic, and I highly recommend you check it out as that also will be a functioning precursor to the new show that were mentioned, uh, which is Just Chat and Shit. There are other things also coming that you should look forward to, which haven't been mentioned throughout this show, but they'll be fun when they finally drop. In the meantime, once again, thank you very much for listening, and I'll catch your ass next week.